I know that the incredible business owners that I work with have big dreams and big goals for themselves and their businesses. And yet I also know that when you're working toward those goals, it can feel like there simply isn't enough time in the day to get it all done and really move the needle forward in the way you want to. That's why you're going to love today's interview, because instead of talking about how to manage your time, we're talking about how to manage your energy instead. We go deep on how to focus your energy into high revenue generating and joy producing activities so that you can do less and make more. You're listening to One Simple Shift, and I'm your host, Amanda Joyce Weber, the mindset coach and business mentor that believes it is possible to have a beautiful, balanced life and a successful, thriving business. In fact, what if success wasn't as complicated as everyone was making it out to be? What if the magic formula you've been looking for has been you all along? Each week, I cut through the noise and bring you one simple, actionable mindset shift you can implement today to completely transform the way you show up daily and the results you see because of it. All success starts with the right mindset, and it's time that you create the life and business you've always dreamed of. Let's get started. My guest today is Heather Chauvin. Heather is a leadership coach who helps ambitious, overwhelmed women break free from their fears to courageously and authentically live, work, and parent on their own terms. She's a TEDx speaker, author of Dying to Be a Good Mother, and host of the highly loved podcast, Emotionally Uncomfortable, with over 6 million downloads and counting. Heather started her career as a social worker, helping adults understand children's behavior, but it wasn't until 2013 when a stage four cancer diagnosis pushed her to take a deeper stand for change, uncovering how cultural expectations sabotage our dreams. She has been featured on Forbes, Entrepreneur, Real Symbol Magazine, Mind Body Green, Google, and more. When Heather isn't working, you will find her living out what she teaches, which may include kayaking Alaska, snowboarding, hiking, and anything else that challenges what she believes is possible for herself and inviting her children along the journey. Heather, welcome to One Simple Shift. Thanks so much for joining me today. Amanda, I am so excited to be here. Thank you so much. Yes, I am so excited to have you. So I read your bio, which is very incredible and very impressive, but can you share a bit in your own terms and words about what it is that you do and why you do it? Yes. I always, every time I'm asked this question, I'm like, what is it? What is it? What is it? Because I feel like Lately, I've been responding with, I'm a soul having a human experience, right? (laughs) There are so many roles that we play and hats that we wear, and then those things become our identity. And I'm all about like, who are you? Who are you from the inside out? But the journey that brought me here, uh, former social worker, lover of mental and emotional well-being, um, and of course, brought me to that passion and love, um, because of my children. So I was a young mom. Um, and I just remember looking at my son thinking, I never want him to feel the way that I felt as a child, but also I don't want to become a statistic. And that kind of pushed me and drove me to think bigger, to do bigger. But I was operating from a place of fear 
right? Not wanting to become a statistic. And also this like, I need to push and I need to prove. I need to push and prove. And so things were happening. I was checking the boxes and I was accomplishing things. And culturally, people are like, oh my gosh, you know, pat me on the back. You're superwoman. You're super mom. And on the inside, I felt dead inside. And the feedback that I was getting was, suck it up, buttercup. This is the way that it needs to be. And I get the job and I'm like, not this, not this. My soul cannot be here for 30 years. And all of a sudden I realize that I light up when I'm working with families, when I'm working with adults, helping them see and understand children's behavior and not judge them, right? Not judge them and really see what's going on. So learning that in my own parenting, then going forward to become an entrepreneur, um, taking that leap, which is a completely different mindset, the employee Mm -hmm. versus entrepreneurship. But it was in 2013, which, you know, kind of really ignited me to write my book, which is called Dying to Be a Good Mother, but really dig, dig deep into this work. 2013, I was diagnosed with a stage four cancer. And in that time of my life, my youngest was a year old. I left corporate about six months ago where like that security was gone. um, And I was still in the startup phase of my business. Mm -hmm. And it really forced me, you know, I, I had, I always tell people I had nine years of personal development under my belt. Cancer was not the thing that was like, got me to wake up. I was, I was already starting, but it really got me to look at my deepest fears and to look at my deepest wounds and to really actually practice who I want to become, which is emotionally uncomfortable because we are in it, we're feeling it. Um, And it was starting to navigate that where I was like, ladies, we need to stop pretending that this is about parenting and this is about our children's behavior. We are worthy of living our best lives too. So how how can we co-create with our personal lives, with our family, with our partners, with all the responsibilities without quote unquote dying, without taking away from us? How can we put ourselves first and give back to others? And so that's where I am today in a nutshell. Yes. Oh my goodness. That is quite the story. So I'm sure there are so many mindset shifts, like you said, like nine years in the personal development space. Like I'm sure you have so much you can share with us, but what would you say is like the one mindset shift that's either made the biggest difference for you or your clients or, you know, even top 10, (laughs) we we would take one there, but I know it's hard to just pick one. Yeah. So I have, I remember the first like personal development book I picked up, which was, oh gosh, like 14 ish years ago. It feels Mm -hmm. like a long time back then. I just think of like how I felt and then knowing obviously something inside of me had to shift, like a belief Mm -hmm. um, in order to get to where I am today. And I just remember that version of me I felt lost. I felt depleted. I was chronically overwhelmed. I was in chronic debt. A part of me believed that that was my destiny because of the family that I was born into or that generation. Like nothing was really um, expected from me. Like I wasn't expected to go to university. I wasn't expected to be successful. And I think the mindset shift is how we live for other people, but not for ourselves. And I had to realize just because 
this was my past does not mean it needs to be my future. And that I am actually the creator and I am 100% responsible for my feelings and also my results. And so where am I not taking responsibility? Where the mindset before was blaming other people rather than taking, that's one of them, blaming other people rather than taking responsibility. I didn't know that. I wasn't role modeled that, you know, when you're taught that you don't really get it until you're Mm -hmm. kind of on the journey. This whole self-care is selfish and I, oh, I don't want to be selfish drives me absolutely crazy. I actually feel the opposite. When you live that way of like, I just need to give and live for everybody else. We don't actually see the side effects and how our energy and attitude um, is influencing other people. And I think the fact that we believe we don't matter and our energy doesn't matter is so selfish and egotistical. So when I hear people say, oh, I feel I had to be a little selfish today. I've heard many people talk about it. It's like, be selfish. Don't be selfless. Selfless people are six feet under. Like selfless people are like, you know, perceived as heroes culturally. And I think that is to put the martyrs on the pedestal. There are so many, so many. I I just now, I mean, I see it completely different when I'm looking at people having conversations with them. You can pinpoint people's belief systems just based on the words that they speak, um, how they show up, how they treat their body, how they treat their life, what they value. It's constantly something that I'm tweaking. I think I don't give my mind as much power as I used to. Mm. I'm like a thought is a thought. It's not a fact. A feeling is a feeling. It's not truth all the time. It could be guideposts, but we can be flexible with this. I also now get super excited by people who've already created possibility and results in their life, right? Where before you're judging them, you're like, must be nice. We're now like, how'd you do that? Like, if you did that, I can do that too. And and the the beauty and opportunity of surrounding yourself with those people, putting yourself in their circle and being like, how do they show up in the world? And sometimes you're in those circles and you're like, oh, oh, there is toxicity here too. Like what, what am I after? So my life now is guided by how I want to feel, not how can I please everybody else? Mm. I mean, that sounds like one of those chefs that takes time (laughs) and the journey and all of it, right? Like, I think that it's so easy to, to say it, right? Like, how can I please myself over everyone else? But how do you start applying that? Like, where did you even get started with looking at and uncovering those beliefs and uncovering like ways you could become more selfish and ways that you could really take care of yourself first? Yeah. I remember the one of the first times I, one of the first mentors I had, which was probably like 12-ish years ago. um, And she was very self-care focused, which I find ironic because sometimes you're just attracted to like either the opposite of what you need or like-minded people. Um, And she was very pleasure-based and pleasure to me was like, oh, gross, gross word. Not just like, you know, usually pleasure is like you think of the bedroom, but it was like Mm -hmm. enjoying yourself. Like, how do you feel? Um, And I remember one day I was reading a book and I am not a huge book reader. I'd rather be active while I'm like listening to something or just read a few pages. I don't sit down for four hours and read a book, but I was in my backyard reading a book. It was like Mama Gina's, like the school of womanly art or something. Mama Gina's like an OG. She's amazing. 
um, on pleasure, right? And it was just, how do you want to feel and all of these? And I was reading like a page and I'm in this chair and my children were young and they're playing in the yard. And all I can feel is guilt. Mm. All I can feel is guilt. And all I can feel is how big my to-do list is. And my brain is just go, 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 go. But I would force myself to do these little micro actions, Mm -hmm. like just sit there and read. And I'm like, this does not feel good. This does not feel good. This feels the opposite of good. Where today, if I did that, there's a contentment there. There's a like, I'm all here. I'm present. My house can be messy. Dishes can be in the sink. And I'm like, my value is not tied up in if the dishes are done or how clean my house is. And now if somebody comes into my home, well, one, I can outsource it if I have the financial means and I prioritize that. But if somebody comes into my home today um, and they're judging, usually actually what happens is their shoulders drop a little bit and they're like, Mm. I can be myself here. Mm. I can be human here. Um, but if they are judging me, which could be like, you know, my mother-in-law or something like that, which <laughs> not necessarily her, I have a good mother-in-law, but let's say it's somebody in my inner circle that triggers the shit out of me. And I'm like, Ooh, that's your shit. Like I don't carry it anymore. Right. So back in the day when I had, to, I just started these little seeds of how do I want to feel? How do I want to feel? Um, but you know, it's it's the acquiring information versus the doing. And it wasn't until I true like I got sick. It wasn't until my diagnosis where I was like, it's go time. Like everything else was like training and the diagnosis was like the race. Like you are now running the race to fight for your life and to feel alive. Because if you don't feel alive, the opposite is dead inside and you do not have that privilege right now. You do not have the privilege to say you don't have time. You do not have the privilege to hide behind your children and use them as the excuse. You do not have the privilege to use money as the excuse. It is go time. And I was backed into a corner and I, I tell the story in the book and I tell it often. Um, I was at home one night, waking up in the middle of the night around 3 a.m. Um, in between treatments and I was paralyzed in fear And I was in fetal position on the bathroom floor, of course, holding everything inside because I did not want to disrupt my family, did not want to inconvenience anyone with my feelings. Mm. And, you know, it's like how often we're trying to move and manipulate ourselves to please other people. And I just remember having this conversation with myself, trying to hold in my feelings, saying, I don't want to die. I don't want to die. I don't want to die. And I got my brain to focus on the moment. I was like, but you're not dead yet. You're here. You're still alive. How do you want to feel? And then I started to have this conversation with myself of, I want to feel alive. I want to feel energized. I want to feel strong. And people talk about the law of attraction all the time. And they put, you know, the 
vision board and they're like crossing their fingers and meditation and they're like, it's not happening. It's not happening, but they're not taking any action. Yeah. And so, I was going to say, I believe in all of those things, but if you're not doing anything. <laughs> 100%. And not only that, once you start taking action, it's so emotionally uncomfortable that your, your brain and your body's like, not this, not this. And you're like, this is supposed to feel good. So then you stop taking the action, you cut it off, you do all those things. So I'm like, I want to feel alive. I want to feel alive. And I'm like, what do I need to do to feel alive? And uh, I remember that moment where I fear came over me again. And I was like, I don't know how to feel alive. Like, I can't tell you when I felt alive in my life. And I realized that this aliveness, this wholeness that I was craving was something I never experienced. Mm. Um, And So the next day, when you talk about how do we go from, you know, being the victim to the creator of our lives or that mindset shift, the next day I was like, how do you want to feel? And this is energetic time management. So this is something I teach. I want to feel alive. So I'd write alive at the top of my journal when I was literally bald, had no energy in bed. And like, I'm like, I want to feel alive right now. What does that mean? And I would, I would brain dump, like, what would an alive person do, right? So you start, well, act as if. What would an alive person do? Well, you know, I might have a pity party with myself, but I'm probably not going to, like, be in bed all day. I'm going to get up, take a shower, and then maybe sit on the porch if that's all the energy I have for. And so those were those micro action steps of, like, like how do I want to feel? And start putting those things on my calendar, even if it was taking a shower, even if it was sending that uncomfortable email, even if it was raising your hand and having the courage to say, interview me or do this when you don't think you are worthy enough. And that just that tool right there has been a game changer in all aspects of my life. How do I want to feel? Reverse engineering those feelings and slow and steady every single day, planting those seeds, planting those seeds. And I watch my clients go through this transition, whether it's in their personal or professional life, um, whether they're trying to understand parenting or understand money, understand sales, a client attraction. You got to be the creator, but you also have to sit with the duality of like fear of I of uncertainty of I don't know how. And then planting the seeds for opportunity for your future. Yes, 100% agree. And I think that's one of those things that's definitely easier with support and someone to hold you through that process. I think that sometimes, I mean, like you said, the fear can be paralyzing. It can be that thing that holds you back, that keeps you from taking the action. I remember the very beginning of my pivot from design to coaching, (laughs) I couldn't get myself to take the uncomfortable actions, right? Like I couldn't bring myself to share about the free call. I couldn't bring myself to, you know, show up and gain more visibility. And there was just so much fear there. And it wasn't until I realized that it was actually just I mean, this sounds so cliche, but there was this massive fear of success there. There was this massive fear of like, what if this all works? I get a client and then the client's unhappy. What if this all works and I am super successful and I have, you know, a really packed schedule, which I don't necessarily want and don't have time for me anymore. Like there was so much fear of like, what if this actually pans out? (laughs) And it was really hard to be in that place because the thing that I was calling in was directly opposed to 
all of the fears on the other side of actually getting it. And it just made it so much harder to show up. So I think just having support through that process, I know it was a game changer for me, but I think like that's, I mean, that's why I do the work that I do with clients today is because, you know, sometimes we can see the actions. We know the things. I really believe that deep down, we all know the things that bring us closer to what it is that we want, but it's actually, you know, that discomfort and working through that to actually get them that can be the game changer that helps you to actually get to the other side. Yeah. It's fascinating to me that everything, I mean, it doesn't, ever go away, right? Like I've been at this for a while. I still have resistance on a daily basis, whether it's personally or professionally. Like I tell people my massive mountain that I'm climbing right now is I want to fall in love with becoming the type of person that enjoys working out. And I've struggled with this my whole life. And yet in the last two years, people are like, oh my gosh, like where do you find your motivation? And I'm like, what? Like, why do you think I am that type of person, right? But yet now I watch my body craving it. Not mm-hmm. that I jump out of bed and I want to do it, but it's, I'm like, I'm determined to become this type of person. It's the same with money. I am determined to become a wealthy person or feel, not only feel the wealth, but have the wealth. I am determined, and I use the term determined or committed um, to not burning out. And I feel so far removed and disconnected because I have this forward thinking, sustainable mindset, both personally and professionally. And I have a full plate, right? Like I have a thriving business with a team that depends on me to pay their bills. I have three children. I have a partner. My health is a priority. I want to live and do all these things. And it's mind blowing to realize that as you grow and scale and change and do your, you have more time and energy if you design it that way in a sustainable, healthy way. It doesn't happen overnight, but that fear is always there. And I, it could be fear, it could be guilt, it could be overwhelmed. So I see emotions as symptoms. I do not see them as a diagnosis or an identity. So whether it's anxiety, like I am a highly sensitive person. I've been that my whole life. But when I use my emotions to guide me now, rather than like, you know, I can't do that or I need to numb this, um, it's how do we co-create? Totally. I resonate with so much of what you were saying there. And I think it's interesting. So when you talked about becoming someone who enjoys working out, so I've run four marathons at this point, and that was the ultimate teacher for me in like learning to love it, if that sounds strange, because I can tell you when I first started learning to run, I ran intervals and I would walk for one minute and I would run for 30 seconds and I would walk for one minute and I would run for 30 seconds. And I was the type of person who would get winded when the like flashing hand sign would come on and I would have to like run across the crosswalk to get to the other side. Like that's how out of shape I was when I started running. Mm -hmm. And I just built up from there. And when you say like enjoying working out like I consider running such a part of my life now like I cannot run for a week or not run for two weeks because I'm away or traveling and I miss the hell out of it and I like I can tell you 
I call myself a runner, no matter like what that schedule looks like. And I think that mindset is so applicable in the business because I think we're so quick to say, well, like what's the number of clients or what's the income that finally makes you feel successful or feel like a good business owner or feel like you can be wealthy. And if you think about it from that perspective, you're just like, it's an identity, right? It's like something you take on. It's something you you learn and you cultivate and you work on your mindset until you get there. Mm-hmm. And it's not like this this one like line in the sand that you have to cross. It's it's that process of becoming, right? So I don't know. That's just what came up for me when you were talking there because I just see that being so applicable to business and so I mean so applicable to making it sustainable too because the the same is true in running. Like you could totally go out there and run 26.2 tomorrow, but let me tell you if you haven't trained, you're going to get burnt out and you're going to probably going to be injured, right? And same is true for business. Like I think like a lot of times I have clients who come to me with really, really big goals. And I think that's amazing. And I want us to have those really big goals. But I think sometimes we forget that the big goals are built in those yeah. uncomfortable actions day after day after day until until they feel good, until we're there, until we've, you know, assumed that identity. You know, I'm not necessarily sure that's the the way to phrase it, but I do think it's so much more about how you're showing up and who you're being in the process. I think we have to remember that practice and consistency. Mm-hmm. Um, I find, especially in the online world, people buy into this. I'm just going to, you know, I'm going to create a program and I'm going to become a millionaire. And I'm like, yes, but if you have no idea how to help people or how to create their pain point, how to like you know, actually care about your consumer and like get them results. That's a test in itself. And also, do you know how to sell? Have you healed your money shit? Because, you know, everyone wants to make all this money, but there's a reason why you haven't made it yet. And having, you know, creating an online course is not going to be the only way and it's not a quick fix. Um, and to go off of the marathon, so I'm actually running one in a few weeks, like a full Yay! marathon. Amazing. Um, this is my, so I did two halves and actually technically three because I actually just ran one a few weeks ago, but it was more of like an experience up and downhill. Yep. My first one, oh my goodness, I was terrified. I was like, I'm going to die, blah, blah, blah. But like, the pressure that I put on myself internally. Um, I, you know, I would run constantly. And if I stopped for 30 seconds, I failed. Like Mm. it was just hilarious. The perfection that I put around it. Also no training, no support. (laughs) If I asked for help, I, I have failed, right? Like completely Mm -hmm. different identity and different like way of being to watch myself now. And I talk about desire, like, when someone's like, I'm running a marathon, I did not have any desire to run another marathon, but I have the desire to grow and challenge myself mentally. And I can use my body to do that because I don't always need to challenge myself in my business. Yeah, My business can be great. It could be sustainable and easy and comfortable. I don't need to blow it up. I can create sustainability there and challenge myself in other areas of my life so that I'm not creating drama in areas that do not need to be dramatic. So at the beginning of the year, 
I was like, wouldn't it be nice if I, you know, just checked the bucket list of like, I ran a full marathon and then found my buddy, my running partner who without her, I would never run and realizing like, I love the socialization aspect of it. Um, and we do intervals, we do intervals and I love intervals. Love it, love it, love it. And she's super slow. And I'm like, I'm going to run a full marathon running intervals. Um, And I just, you know, I'm watching and observing people like, I could never do that. And I'm like, like, be careful what you say, because you're also saying that in other areas of your life, how you do one thing is how you are doing everything. Mm. So I love that. And I'm so excited for you to run your next one. That is amazing. So talk to me more about how do we start to focus more on our energy than our time? Like what are some practical things we can do to really start making this shift? Yeah. So I, um, I have a calendar, a paper calendar. I mentally have to write everything down or I will forget. Um, But I see the actual time as the physical manifestation of like it's man-made, right? Like Mm -hmm. this is not natural. We've created a system to work within it. And I think too many of us are living in this like, I am a robot. I am a robot. More, do more, do more. And we forget that we have needs, wants, and desires. So I tell people, how do you want to feel? Like the first journal prompt I go to is, wouldn't it be nice if? Because if you do, if you write down, wouldn't it be nice if, and you start to just brain dump, that is what your soul desires. Wouldn't it be nice if I could take a week off? Wouldn't it be nice if I could have a glass of water? Wouldn't it be nice if... Um, I made more money. Wouldn't it be nice if I could take Fridays off? Like all these things that are coming out, wouldn't it be nice if I went out for coffee with this specific person? Wouldn't it be nice if I stopped yelling? If I like, you know what you want and desire, listen, and then pay attention to that list and ask yourself, what is the feeling that I'm after? Why do I want to stop yelling? Well, I want connection. Why do I want Fridays off? I want space. Like think about the feeling. And then look at your time and just take one day at a time. Sometimes there's strategic things that you have to physically put on your calendar. Like I want to have a bath and I never have a bath. You might actually have to physically put that on the calendar and have somebody in your life hold you accountable. Like tomorrow night, I am having a bath at 7 p.m. I'm going to make excuses. Hold me accountable to it, right? You have to start taking action towards how you want to feel and reverse engineer that. So there's levels of that. Um, mm-hmm. The the left brain type A integration is, you know, take your to-dos, put yourself on the calendar first, and then sprinkle your life around that. That feels overwhelming to people. Once you integrate that part and your identity is getting comfortable with that. Now me managing my energy, not my time. I'm like sitting with myself constantly, not like looking at my to-do list. Like, did I get everything done? But saying, what lit me up today? What drained me? And can I outsource that yet? Or do I need to still work through this and create a system or create more profit so that I can get there? So I'm constantly asking myself, what do I need and how do I want to feel? How did I feel in that interaction with that person? Did that give me energy? Did it drain me? Am I tired because I'm not saying no and there's too much on my calendar? Do I need to implement boundaries? What type of season 
am I in? Do my relationships feel like equal exchange of value or mm-hmm. am I just give, 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 give and feel like they're sucking the life out of me? So I'm I just the lens that I see my life now is through energy. What is the work I want to do? Who lights, you know, what are the problems I want to solve today, not a year ago or five years ago? It's all about a feeling. It's not about shoving shit on my calendar and knowing when is when do I need to push a little bit and be in that masculine and get those tasks done and when do I need to lean into the feminine and really nurture myself and and having that dance and daily life will tell you um but yeah it's fascinating to watch So one thing you said that I just want to bounce back to, because I think people need a ton more permission around, is that idea of putting yourself on the calendar first. Can we stop there for a second and talk Mm -hmm. about why that feels so uncomfortable for people and why, like what they can do to overcome that? Yeah, it seems so simple to me because it's part of my identity now, Um, but I, one, people actually resist the ETM process. So there's actually six steps that I teach people. I talk a lot about it in my book, on the podcast, and they resist putting themselves on the calendar to actually implement. I'm not even talking about taking the action what's on the calendar because Mm -hmm. of the fear of failure, right? The fear of failure, fear of success, the fear of like, what if it's not perfect and I don't follow through? And then they, it's on the calendar and then they're like, okay, yep, checking it off. Yep, yep, yep. And it's like, you're not feeling, you're not feeling. But I'm like, this is a data marker. You have that evidence right there. It's like a time log. And you're like, I put myself on the calendar. Why didn't I follow through with it? What did I let get in the way of that? It's so, you're like boundaries, right? boundaries. Um, I'm working. I'm about to get up and go for a walk that, you know, I created this container of space and then my child starts crying um, because something ridiculous happened that is, you know, they could solve or somebody else could solve. And I'd be like, I'll be back in 10 minutes. Nope. I let that emotion get, you know, take over. So it's such a good, if you want to know where your energy leaks are, pay attention to like, why do I have resistance around that task? Um, It's typically comes down to value. Do I value myself enough to realize that my needs matter? My desires matter. Um, And I tell people, whatever your external metric is, like I am not somebody who's like, oh my gosh, I just want to live my best life and feel amazing. And like, let's see how tight my ass can get. And like all these things, I am very motivated by impact. And I have learned through life experience that the better I feel, the byproduct of that is I am kinder to my children. I am a better business owner. I actually make more money when I have more space. So energetic time management has become a means to the monetary goal, to the impact goal. And I've seen the direct correlation of how it influences other people's lives. So it's not about me anymore. It's about us because I can see how my actions impact other people. Um, And it's just, it's so mind blowing because when I make it about me, my boundaries get blurred. When I make it about me, the people pleaser comes out. But when I make it about somebody else, it's so much easier for me to get 
to the gym, to go for the run, to send that, you know, email, to have those emotionally uncomfortable conversations. So I think that's something that a lot of people have trouble with. I would say that they understand it intellectually. I would say they struggle more in practice, right? So where you can you give us an example? I think that would help a lot here. Like, can you give us an example of how you, one instance where you put yourself first, where you saw that really directly correlate to how you showed up in your life or how you showed up in your business? Because I think that we can intellectually understand, yeah, it makes sense. If I feel better, I'm going to see more money in the business. I'm going to be a kinder person to the people in my life, right? I think we understand the print, like the concept of it, but I think we have a hard time applying it. So I'm wondering if there's just like a tiny bit more you can give us there. Mm-hmm. So the one thing I want to say is I've never done this alone. I've always hired support. Um, And I think intellectually we know, but until we invest, no change is going to happen. And I don't mean financially invest. Yes, you usually have to put money behind it to hold yourself accountable and scare yourself a little bit, but (laughs) the time investment and energy investment. And until you get done with your own bullshit, nothing will change. So I, you know, we all see that too in coaching where it's like, oh, you're just, you're okay with this. You're used to this. Like you haven't expanded into that next version of yourself. So let me give you food as an example or yelling. Like a lot of my clients are like, I'm yelling or there's this disconnect. So are you done yelling? Are you done yelling? Like you see the impact. It's this cycle. You're like, why do I yell? I want to feel heard. I want to feel seen. Okay. But you have the tools to see yourself, right? You have the tools to be like, what are you yelling? I just feel like I don't have time. Okay. But you have control over your calendar until it explodes. And you know, you just, your voice got a little too loud and you're like, I've just screwed shit up. So you make a challenge to yourself of, I'm not going to yell. And you're like, what am I craving? You're like, I am craving time and space. I am craving time and space. You put that time and space on your calendar and it is so uncomfortable for you. So incredibly, you're like, I have to put my phone away at 6 p.m. every single, like close my laptop every night at 6 p.m. or whatever the hell that is for you. And you're sitting with your feelings. You're like, I don't want to feel this. I don't want to feel this. I don't want to feel this. And then all of a sudden, a few days in, something breaks and you're like, wow, like the sky is clear. The clouds have parted. And all of a sudden, you know, that person in your life that triggers the shit out of you is in front of you and you are you can see their emotions and you're not reacting and you're like, Hey, I see you're having a bad day. Totally cool. Go create space for yourself. And you don't react because you have met your needs for, I need space or I need to stress management strategy. But until you're ready for like the big blowout, like, or, or money. Oh my God, money. I do this with people (laughs) all the time. Like, I don't want to give my cancer as a, as an example, but it wasn't until I was backed into a corner and I was like, I need to make money. Like Mm -hmm. I got to pay my bills. I I'm going to die if I don't pay my bills. You know how many clients I got real quick when I was backed into a corner and it was like, let's go. And the pressure is there. 
all of a sudden, I have all these revenue generating activities on my calendar. All of a sudden, I'm prioritizing those tasks and the, and it's coming in rather than busying myself and avoiding looking at something. It's when the pressure is there and you're like, if I don't solve this problem, something bad is going to happen. And that is where your fight or flight kicks in. And when you're in a container of space with somebody holding you and they're like, I'm not going to let you out of this. Like you're in this coaching program. You signed a contract. Let's do the work. Welcome. You're like, shit, damn it. Right? Like, what do I need? I tell people resist like actually implementing this work all the freaking time until <laughs> they've burnt themselves out. Right? And they're even mm-hmm. in the program and they're tiptoeing and they're doing the work until something explodes. And I'm like, are you ready now? Are you ready now? But I have to make time for food, physically putting that on my calendar. It's something I resist to fuel my body, to fuel my mind. When I am more fueled, I can work more. I'm more productive. And then after work, guess what? I'm not angry and miserable. I have more energy. And I that affects my relationships. That affects my body. That affects my health. And it's just, it's never about the food. It's never mm-hmm. about the money. It's never about the thing. It's about much more than that when you think of the bigger picture. Yes. Oh my gosh. So good. If you're sitting here listening to this, thinking I already put so much pressure on myself and my business, and I am no closer to landing that next client, then I want you to know that I see you and I have totally been there. However, I also know that there is likely some mindset stuff lingering under the surface that's making it that much more difficult to communicate your offer, pitch why you'd be the exact perfect person to help your potential client, and actually close the sale. I know that it's possible for you to sell in a way that feels good and converts better because of it, and I am here to support around exactly that. Join me for an absolutely free 30-minute sincere sales coaching call where you and I will get to the root of your biggest mindset block around sales and shift it so you walk away feeling so much lighter and excited to land that next client. You can grab one of the limited spots I offer each week at amandajoyceweber.com slash sincere sales. So can you share with us where people can get started if they want to really find how to have more energy, to really focus on this work, to stop feeling exhausted, to feel better in their day-to-day, to really start applying this? How can they get started? Yeah, so a few different things. I have a quiz that you can take. It's called um, the Energy Finder Quiz. So you can go to Heather Chauvin, C-H-A-U-V-I-N, dot com forward slash life quiz. And there's kind of these four, I call them inner leadership skills, pillars. You know, it's not about strategy. It's about, is it boundaries? Is it time and energy? Is it confidence? Is it impact? It's going to show you where you actually need to focus your energy and attention um, just by taking a quick quiz. And you're like, holy crap. And it gives you like, specific data on where to focus your energy and attention instead of feeling like you're playing whack-a-mole in your life. Like, I need this, I need this, I need this. And I've seen it again and again with my clients. They're like, wow, boundaries was really low. They start implementing boundaries and they're like, 
I have more time. I have more energy. Um, and we also, the podcast is called Emotionally Uncomfortable. So we show you the specific podcast episodes to actually listen to for the action and the how-to. Um, and then the book, Dying to Be a Good Mother, which you can find anywhere books are sold online. Yes. Amazing. So you heard it. Definitely go check out those resources. That sounds amazing. Heather, thank you so much for joining us today. Amanda, I love these conversations. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to One Simple Shift. Check out the show notes for this episode and all past episodes at amandajoyceweber.com slash one simple shift. If you're loving this podcast, do me a favor and leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. These reviews truly mean the world to me, helping me to reach more people and have more impact. And as a special thanks, we'll reach out to everyone that leaves a review and you'll receive my absolutely free life and business changing future you meditation. This mindset exercise is the simplest, easiest way to tap into future you today and start being that woman now. I only wish I had a visualization exercise like this when I first started my business and now it's available to all of you. Simply screenshot your review and email it to me at amanda at amandajoyceweber.com to receive your free meditation. And remember, sometimes the only thing standing in the way of a more profitable business and a more fulfilling life is one simple shift. Can you tell us where people can get started? Hold on. Let me say that again. That was very strange. (laughs) 